But I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Psalm, and we're going to talk about problems. Psalm 95, and we're going to read just the first six verses, not the whole chapter. But turn in your Bible, and this is what it says in Psalm 95. It says, O come, let, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods, little g. In the hands are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His and He made it and the hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You so much for this day. I thank You for... Um, being able to look at your word, being able to be online, being able to, to worship together. Lord, we thank you for the things that you've done. I think of all the, the prayer requests that Alan said. There's just many people going through a lot of things this week, and we need to pray over it. Lord, I, I think especially of, of Brandon as he goes into surgery tomorrow, touch his body. Let him know that people are praying for him. I think of um, Patsy as she gets her, her test back. Lord, just be with her. And Lord, you know all these other things. Brother Hilton and his family with um, the bereavement of his mother. Lord, just be with them and just let them know that we're praying for them. Lord, I can't remember all of them, but I know that you do. And Lord, we want to give you the praise and glory for the things that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, after we look at some of these things in the Bible, especially in, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 90, 95, it's incredible to think what God's going to do for us. And at the very end of this message, I'm going to tell you when Psalm 95 was written, and it even makes it more amazing. This next slide I'm going to put up here for you is this. It says, life. You ever have questions about your life, why you go through certain things? Why, why, why do I do this? Why, why did God do this to me? Why is there aspects that I don't understand? Sometimes this, this thing sums up my life. I look at it and I go, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do, God? Doesn't life just leave you puzzled? Do you ever feel like this? Um, you're pushing up a rock and you, and you're think, you think of struggles. And, and, and the struggling it takes to get through certain things in our life. And sometimes we feel like we're pushing a rock up, up the hill. But I want to reassure you what, there's a rock in your life if you're a Christian. And I want to reassure you of that. Go to Psalm 95. And let's just look at this first verse. It says this, He is the rock of our salvation. Let's read it again. It says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Well, first of all, when you look at the rock of our salvation, he says that we're supposed to make a joyful noise. He wants us to communicate with him. Now, sometimes we have a hard time communicating with God. He's not going to answer you in an audible voice, but he will speak to you in ways that you can't even understand sometimes. Maybe it's through a person. Maybe it's through a message. Maybe through a song. Maybe through a circumstance where God just brings you back and lets you understand, hey, he is the rock of our salvation. What does that mean? He is the one that's holding us together for salvation. There's times when we go through problems, and we went through a lot of problems in 2020, but He is the rock of our salvation. A builder will understand this because you don't build on something that's soft. You build on something that's hard and strong that will hold us together. And here's the rock of our salvation. And with that rock, He wants to hear our voice. Look at verse number 1 again. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. He wants us to sing to Him. You know, the Creator is asking us to sing to Him. What's your voice singing to those around you? <laughs> Sometimes, 
I don't hear singing sometimes in my voice. I hear whining. And, and that's not what God wants. He wants us to have, if we're whining, we're not having confidence in what he's doing. But if we have that song in our heart, I love the song he wants, God wants to hear us sing. He wants to hear us sing when the waves are crashing around us. It's easy to sing when everything's going well. It's easy to sing when, you're, when, you're, when your um, bank account is up. It's easy to sing when all your health aspects are doing well. But it's harder to sing when, guess what, you're going through some problems. So often we, we tell people to pray for our problems, but then we don't tell them when we're thankful that God answered those problems. I can tell you that I, that I am thankful for what God's done in my life. I, I look at some of the things He's done in my life, and, and I think of, I, have a blood, I had a blood clot from my, from my calf all the way to my toe from one of my surgeries. And it really hurt. I'd never had so much pain in my foot, and it was never going away. And, and all it took was one, one type of uh, medicine that they gave me, Eloquus. And, and, and through a matter of about a week, it got where I could walk again and not hurt. And say, so I was sitting here whining about how it hurt and how it hurt, but then he answered my prayers, and I wonder how thankful I was for what he did for me. Now I can walk around and, and get around a little, lot better, and I'm not, I don't have the pain that was there. Because He is our rock. He's the one that helps us through situations. He's the one that sustains that salvation. We don't need anything else for salvation. We just need Him. And so He is the rock of our salvation. And look at this next part. Not only is He the rock of our salvation, keep reading. It says, let us make a joyful noise to the, Lord, to the rock of our salvation. Verse number 2, let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. <laughs> he wants us to be thankful for what we're going through. He doesn't care if it's good or bad. He just wants us to be thankful for it. We learn through our bad experiences, and we'll look at that in just a second. Not whining, but thankfulness. How would people respond to you if you, were, you had a thankful heart and a thankful spirit? Every time you went around somebody. There's people in our church that I know when I go around them, they're going to be an encouragement to me. There's other people that I've been in ministry with that I stay away from. Why? Because I just know they're going to bring me down. There's a particular person in our church um, that is an encourager to me. He knows who he is. He texted me yesterday to make sure I was doing okay. When I see him, he always encourages me. And so we've got to get back to this. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. He didn't want to hear us whine. He wants to hear our prayer requests, but you know what? He also wants to be blessed. He also wants to be praised. Keep reading in this verse. It says, let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. Hear that again, that joyful noise. If you talk to somebody like this all the time, would you want, would you want to talk with them? No, you want someone that's upbeat. We don't want a depressed state. We want, we want somebody that knows that God's still in control. There's some people that I know that have went through so many different things through the ministry, years of ministry I've went through. I, I, I would look at them and think they had no problems. But then when you hear their testimony, you realize that there's one lady that's very dear to me and very close to me. And you would think with the way that she is that everything was right when she was... But you know what? When she was younger, she was raised by her aunt that didn't treat her very well. And as I look at that and, and I see her spirit, I never worry about her being a bad situation for me. I never worry about her saying something that would bring me down. She is an encouragement. 
But looking at her life, you would never think that. We need to make sure, let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. God wants to hear us sing. God wants to see the, uh, the, the good side of what He's done. Because everything He's do, doing in our life it has a purpose. And if we're sitting there complaining about it all the time, how can we find that purpose? Um, here's the, ne- the next one as you look at it. It says, why do we oftentimes just see the negative? Why do we oftentimes just see the negative? We, we look at a situation, and, 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 and you know, I do this. Why do I ask why all the time? I should ask, what for? What are you trying to teach me through this? Isaiah 64, 8 says this, But now, O Lord, Thou art our Father. We are the clay, and Thou art our potter, and we all are the work of Thy hand. When I think of that, we're either going to be the potter, I mean, we're either going to be the clay or we're going to try to tell the potter what to do. That would never happen in real life, but sometimes we do that. Well, listen, God, I know what's best. No, we don't. And as we look at some of these things, we need to make a joyful noise. Because again, in this next one, it says, And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. He wants to hear our psalms. He wants to hear our joyful noise. What is that? It's not crying and whining. And He wants to hear our prayer requests, but he sure wants to hear our praise. I equate this with somebody that comes to you and asks you for something every time he sees you or every time she sees you. He's, I want this, I want this, I want that, I want this. So there's a problem and I need you to fix it. And that person never said anything positive. Would that person be your friend? I'd have a hard time with it. You know what I would eventually do? I'd, I'd evade that person. I, I, would see, I would see them coming and I would try to find something to get out of their way. In our first ministry that we were at, there was a man that felt like it was his leading to go up to the preacher and say something negative to him right before he spoke. And me and the other assistant pastor figured out that that's what he would do. He didn't mean to, it was just that was his nature. And so what, I, what we would do is we would take turns and we would do it where the preacher didn't know we were doing it in a pattern. We might do two and one and three and one and we would find that man right before the service and we would take the attention away where he would have to ask us the question. And the questions to us were negative also. But what we were doing is trying to protect the man of God that was going to get up from the pulpit and not have to worry about what was just said to him. You know, the Lord comes full circle because that man became a, a pastor later on and, and I remember him really having a hard time with it because of who he was. It's easy to sit and say, this is what we should do. It's harder to be the one in charge of it. And as I look at it, I just thought, man, that, that man was negative. And, you know, in real life, that's just how he was. It's hard to please. But the Bible says, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. God wants not only us for us to recognize he's the rock of our salvation, but he also wants us to come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him. He doesn't want to hear all the bad things. He already knows the bad things. He already knows our prayer requests before we, we ask them. Well, Pastor, should we, not, should we not ask them? We should ask them. But it shouldn't be all about our prayer requests. You know, the word pray, you can break it down, and the first one's what? Praise Him. The second one's repent. Ask and then yield. It's an acronym for that. And the first one's praise. He wants to hear our praise. And so often I think he's just sitting up there going, what in the world? Why do you not see what's right around you? He wants to hear our praise. 
And so in 2021, what's you going to be? Well, you say, I'm just a negative person. Well, change. Ask God to change. Um, in fact, this next one will sum it all up. It says, listen, we need to be different. If we are negative, if we have found some things that we don't understand and we are not praising God and we are not lifting His, His name up, we just need to be different. We say, that's the way God made us. No, that's not the way God made us. That's the, God, the way you chose to live. And so, and I, and I, and I love this picture. In all, it's all in the way you look at things. You can be different if you want. This is one of my favorite pictures that I found on the internet as, as I look at it. I just, that makes me laugh because there's so many people with negativity and they got their frowny face on and God wants us to be bright and he wants us to be, have the smile on our face that, that emulates who Christ is in our life. But what we sometimes do with the situation is this next one. Which one are you? As he puts this up on the screen, look at this next one. They're both dealing with the same aspect. The first one looks at it as a problem. The second one looks at it as an opportunity. You know, I, I relate to both of them. Number one, if I got up on a ball like that, the opportunity would be a bad opportunity. You know, but, but I wouldn't want to try to pick it up. I could surely roll it. But what we do, something comes in our life and... We feel like we have to bear it. And Jesus wants to bear our burdens. And so you've got to look at which one it's going to be. Is it going to be a problem or is it going to be an opportunity? You know, God wants to give us opportunities to serve Him, but sometimes those opportunities, because of the way we look at it, become problems. Now, this is what I want you to look at tonight. I want you to be thankful for one thing, and this is what I'm going to really drive home with, with a story in the Bible. Thank God for your faith. F-A-T-E, your fate. You know, when I think about the word fate, what does that mean? And I'm explaining to you as a Christian in just a second, but faith is defined as this, something that's unavoidable, befails a person or a lot. Like you might say, this is my lot in life. Never understood that when I was growing up. What is a lot in life? That, to me, a lot growing up in the town that I was at meant a piece of property that had no, no building on it. So my lot in life is this? No, it, it's what we would call fate. That which is inevitably predetermined or destiny. Now, you say, well, that's not a biblical term, but, but it really it, it can be applied to a biblical aspect. In the Christian, as a Christian, we would call fate God's will for our life. It, as a Christian, we would call fate God's will for our life. Fate is not always negative. It can be positive. And you say, well, that's my fate. That's my, that's my lot in life. Normally, when we say that, it's a negative aspect. Right? If you were to say, this is my lot in life. It wouldn't be if I walked up to Daniel and gave him $100 and he said, you know, that's my lot in life. It wouldn't be a negative thing. It'd be a positive thing. My lot in life might be a good thing. God doesn't just give you the hard times to not let you have some good times. And so when we look at this, I want you to thank God for your fate. So we're going to look at a verse, in the, a story in the Bible, and we're studying this on Wednesday night. I want you to look at Daniel chapter 3. We're not to Daniel chapter 3 yet. We'll go over this as we get to it. But I want you to read, and I'm going to read just a portion of the Scripture. 
Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse number 28 through 30. It says in, ver- in this, this is the end of the story, and you'll see where it's at. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants to trust in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god, little g, except their own god, big g. Now, Nebuchadnezzar takes a little step too further, I think, than what he should, because listen to this next statement. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language will speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. Man, when this guy did something, he did it wholeheartedly. And he said, listen, we're going to be cut in pieces. Wow. It says, and their houses shall be made a dunghill. Well, that's wonderful. You don't think he's threatening this because there is no other God, big G, that can deliver after this sort. He had just saw a miracle. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. You know, when when I was thinking about this um, situation, how did they get to this situation? There's three things that happened to them for them to get in this situation. Um, as we look at this, look at this next statement. What got these men to this place in their lives when it comes to Daniel chapter 3, verses 28 through 30? Was it all good things? No, it wasn't. It was bad things. But I think they had a positive attitude about it. They didn't know what was going to happen, but let's look at these three things. If, if this happened to you, how would you feel? Would you be the little yellow one or would you be the blue one? Most of us would be the blue. And look at this first one taken away from parents. Well, I've got some teenagers in here that are going to say, oh, yeah, that would be really bad. (laughs) Taken away from your parents. And when I say taken away, they were never going to go back again. Secondly, they stood up in front of a king. And we'll look at those verses in just a second. And the third thing they did, they were thrown into a furnace. Now, to get them to this place in their life, This is what they had to do. That's an amazing thought if you think about that. Oh, we read 28 through 30 and it says, man, praise God. They stood for God and they they were uplifted and they were promoted. But to get to that promotion, it took these three things. Being taken away from their parents, standing up to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, and being thrown into a fiery furnace. And we all know the story of the fiery furnace. Those are some amazing feats that they had to go through to see God in this situation. And as as I was looking at these, their circumstances were pretty rough. Not only were their circumstances rough, is what the word we're looking at, their fate was rough. And I'm not saying that they they didn't doubt where they were at. I I mean, standing in front of of a king that's telling you to bow down and you you say to the king, listen, I'm not going to do that. That's a pretty rough state. But God was willing to put them through this to do something in their life. And so as we look at these things, I want you to see some things. What is their fate? Thank God for your fate. Thank God for God's will. How can we look at God's will? Um, In this next statement, without circumstances or trials, you would not be able to do a few things. When a trial comes through your life, what does it do? It'll either strengthen you or weaken you. And it's God trying to make you who you need to be. 
Sometimes he's correcting you. But I want, you to, I want to give you three things and then we'll be done, done this evening. Um, and the first one is found in Daniel chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses. We're going to actually read quite a bit. And we're going to look at the story of it. And I want you to see this. So get your Bibles out. Let's read this. And everybody knows this story. But I want you to kind of see the magnitude of what's going on with this. Because in Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse number 1, just follow along. We're going to read until verse number 12. It says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now, for you to understand this, this thing was nine feet wide and 90 feet tall. Now, if you would, picture a nine-story building. That's how tall this was. I would like to know how they put it in there and made it stand up. But, you know, you're talking about hundreds of years before, and here they are. They've built this thing. And this is verse number two, Nebuchadnezzar. The king sent out to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, and the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sounds of the cornet, the flute, the harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Now, these three men, they weren't going to do that. That's not, what they, that's not who they were. And whoso falleth not down and worship shall the same hour be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. This kind of shows you his thought process with this. He, he's going to throw them in a fiery furnace later on. He's going to, when, when they get through the fiery furnace, he's going to cut up the people that don't, don't want to listen to him, don't want to listen to their God. So in verse number 7, it says, Therefore at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the language fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Now, this is an interesting part of this. No one else debated it. You can't tell me there was other people that felt like, this is ridiculous, I'm not going to bow down to this. But you know what they did? They didn't want to put themselves in a hard spot, and, and, and so they just bowed to it. And verse number 8 says, Wherefore, at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews and spake and said to, to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Now, they're setting him up right at this point. They're saying, O king, live forever. And now they're saying, Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that, hath, that, that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. Whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. says, they are, There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee, nor they serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now these men, they come in and they say, Listen, there's three guys that are not doing it. The problem lies in this verse, in verse number 12. It tells you what their problem was. Look at verse number 12, how it starts out. He de they don't start out and say, hey, listen, it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know who they are. The problem is, is they know who they are. Look at this. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province. <laughs> this is why they had a problem. They were ranked higher than them. 
So they wanted to get them out of the way. said, listen, they're doing that. And you need to make sure you understand that they're not listening to what you say. Go to verse number 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, little g, and, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And here, 16 through 18, that's where they're actually standing in front of Nebuchadnezzar and saying, listen, we're not going to stand up. We're not going to lay down when you tell us to. We're going we're to remain standing. You know, I find this aspect of this is kind of very interesting. Because at this point, they don't think they're going to survive. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't think they're going to survive. So the first thing what happens when you go through a trial, watch this first point. Without circumstances or trials, you would not be able to try God. You say, what does this mean, try God? See how great God is in your life. I don't know how many of you out there have ever had a major surgery, but when you go to that major surgery and you're about ready to go under the knife, man, it tell, you, you, are, you are right with the Lord at that point. You are sitting there and you're telling God, listen, hey God, I, you have got my attention. And when you get out on the other side of it, as I have, I can tell you that I can tell you that God is good enough for every situation. You know, I think of our assistant pastor and his wife and their child. Man, I could tell you that God has been good through this whole thing, even through the struggles and trials. I've seen a young couple stand when no one else would stand. But as we look at this, you get to say, you get to tell people, listen, God is good. It doesn't mean that you don't have heartbreak. It does not mean that you don't have problems in your life. But you sure understand how great God is when you go through a circumstance. Without circumstances, you, you would not be able to try God. The, the second point is this. Not only would you not be able to try God, but you wouldn't be able to talk to God as a, in a closer relationship. I've had some come-to-Jesus meetings with God. I, I, I wanted to talk to God. I want, I want God to know where I'm at. And when you're in a circumstance and you know you can't do anything about it and God's the only one that can do it, you will talk to Him on a closer relative, relative perspective when you look at your situation. Go to Daniel chapter 3, verse 19. And we're going to read a couple of verses here. Daniel chapter 3, verse 19 says this, then, then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and he's known for that, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This means that he used to like them, now he doesn't. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. In other words, they're cranking it up seven times hotter than what it's supposed to be. That's a lot. And then keep reading in verse number 20. It says in verse number 20, it says, And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. And, and, and why he bound them, I think, is because he didn't want them to potentially run away. So they're going to bind them, they're going to put them in there, and then verse number 21 says, Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and the, the other garments and were, that were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flames of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now these were his most mighty men. Through his fury, he lost some of his best fighters. And so he, he throws them in the fire and keep reading it says, and these three men in verse number 
23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down, bound in the midst of the fiery furnace. The Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished, it said, and rose up in haste. And it says, and spake and said unto the counselors, did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. In verse number 25, he answered and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. It's, it's interesting that here's a man that just built a statue that he wanted people to, to look at and to, and to bow down to, but he understands when he looks in there and he sees what he sees, he sees that it's the Son of God. Boy, you talk about a switch. Now, if you go through something like this fiery furnace and God's walking in there with you, don't you think you can talk to Him a little bit better? I'll never forget, a, there was a girl in our college when we were there, and, and she wanted to get closer to the Lord. and She started doing something, but she didn't tell anybody what she was doing. Kind of a weird situation. And I'll never forget, when I found out what she was doing, it made sense. But what she would do is she would act like she was personally taking Christ everywhere she went. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, like when she, when she would walk into a room, she'd open the door and wait a second for him to walk in the door with her. And then when she'd go to her car, now I thought this was wrong, she'd put him in the back seat. I'd put him in the front seat. In fact, I'd put him in the driver's seat. But she would open the door and, she would, and you would hear her talking to him a little bit. And she wasn't a crazy girl. It's just like, what? what in the world are you doing? And then I noticed when she'd come and she'd eat in the cafeteria, she'd leave a seat open right beside her. Finally, it got out to us what she was doing. I remember just asking her a simple question. I just asked her this. I said, did it make a difference? She said, oh, yeah. Made a difference with my attitude. Made a difference with the way that I responded to people. Made a difference of communication that I have with people, the words I used to know that He was with me. Can I tell you this? He's with you. And He wants you to talk to Him. And there's nothing wrong with talking to Him. There's nothing wrong with asking Him questions. Just accept what He gives you. Without circumstances or trials, you would not be able to talk to God, try God. He would just be something that you, you're using for salvation. I'm thankful that He gives me circumstances for me to pray over. Without, without circumstances or trial, you would not be able to talk closer to God. And for that, I'm thankful. And last but not least, go to Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 27. It says, And the princes, governors, and captains, and all the kings, counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon those bodies, uh, the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither was their coats changed. I love this. I got this highlighted in my Bible. Nor the smell of the fire had passed on them. You know, when I look at this, <laughs> there's been times. I remember one time I was at church and my wife and I had went to um, barbecue place. And we sat down at church and we, that, it was ready for the preaching to come, on, come in, and he was preaching, and, and all of a sudden I got hungry. I was like, what is going on? And then I realized what I was doing. I was just smelling my suit, and it smelled like barbecue place. You know, if you go into a place, you're going to smell like it. 
you know, and as I look, you know, here are these guys, they've been into a fiery furnace, and, oh, and I've heard scholars say, well, you listen, it wasn't, that, it, it wasn't that hot, it was a small fire. Tell the guys that died when they opened the door. When they came out, they're not, a, not a hair was, hinged, was, was, was burning on them, not, not, not their clothes was, were, were intact, they didn't smell bad. They, could, they had tried God. They, they could talk closer to God, but this last one, all these people saw it. So the last part is this, they could tell others about God's grace. They could tell others about God's grace because they'd walk through the furnace. Keep reading. There's a couple more verses I want you to see that we've already read. Talk about a testimony. Look at 28 through 30. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now remember, this is the guy that just built a 90-foot um, statue that he wanted everybody to, to worship. Who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and, and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. That, that, at this point... I wonder where the statue was, but it didn't overshadow the furnace. What Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did is it was a great aspect for the Lord. Then, then the king says this, Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, and language that which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. He had just spent all this time, money, and effort. And he realizes it was for naught. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get to share their faith because look in verse number 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And there's no doubt in my mind that people would see them in the province of Babylon. And when they saw them, and they, said, they, they would walk up to them and say, Who are you? And if they said, I'm Shadrach. There's no doubt in my mind that somebody would look at them and go, You're the guy that went through the fire, aren't you? Yes, I was. Let me tell you about it. And you know what it was? It wasn't about the three men walking. It wasn't about how hot it was. It was about the fourth man walking. And when you start talking about God's grace, it was nothing that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. It was who was walking with them. And so when you look at this, you need to try God. When circumstances come, it gives you the opportunity to see how great God is. It also gives you an opportunity when you're going through it to talk to Him. And third, not only you get to talk to Him, but you also get to talk to others about God's grace. So thank God for the fate you're going through. And as, as I look at this, <clears throat> this last one, welcome in, next to last, it says, welcome in 2021 with a smile on your face and a heart of thankfulness. <clears throat> I don't know what God's going to make me face in 2021, but I sure do know God's going to be with me. I might as well have a smile on my face and have thankfulness in my heart. And this last one, I really want you to see, make a Christ-like difference in 2021. Psalm 95, 1 through 6 says, listen, He is the rock of our salvation. He wants to hear us sing. What I did not tell you is Psalm 95 was written after the fall of Babylon. And when they were making plans to rebuild the temple that was destroyed. The other aspect of Psalm 95 is this. Listen, a battle was just over. And you say, well, that's why they could do it. But there was a battle right ahead of them. This is between battles that he says, listen, he's the rock of my salvation. He's the one that wants to hear me sing. He's the one that wants to hear 
these aspects, these praises to him. You know, I want to thank God for my faith. You know, there's a lot of times, I, you know, I've shared with the church what I've went through um, physically, and sometimes it's rough. I don't understand why God would do it. But I can tell you this, that God knows exactly what he's doing, and 2021 is going to be a great year if we just keep God in perspective of it and we understand that we need to be like Christ. Let's be praised, let's be thankful for what we have and what God's given us.